opened the door. We've gotten about a hundred texts with people of suggestions of dogs you should get, <laughs> or various rescues you can go to, and yeah, that well, sort of we'll, thing. We'll talk about that next segment. Maybe. So, uh, yeah. yeah. So there's an awful lot of that. Also, got some Charles Manson texts. Maybe we'll hit those a little later too. Okay. All right. Sure. Right now, let's uh, welcome Daniel Miller, an L.A. Times staff writer, to the show. Daniel is covering uh, the recent accusations against Def Jam impresario Russell Simmons, uh, director Brett Ratner, uh, some ugly stories indeed. Daniel, welcome. How are you, sir? I'm all right. Thanks so much for having me. It's our pleasure. I'm sorry it's under uh, some rather troubling, uh, you know, for some troubling subject matter because the allegations against these two fellows are pretty serious. Tell us about it. That's right. These are serious allegations. So uh, my colleagues and I reported a story that said that um, Brett Ratner, uh, director probably best known for the Rush Hour franchise, and Russell Simmons, who was the co-founder of Def Def Jam Recordings, uh, were uh, involved in uh, a situation with a young fashion model in 1991 where Simmons is alleged to have sexually assaulted her. He denies this. And meanwhile, uh, Brett Ratner is alleged to have essentially sat and watched as this happened. The model said that she pleaded with Ratner for help, and he simply sat there and did nothing. Um, well, like and said, she said that judging by the look on his face, it was clear they were in on it together, this attempted that's, rape. That's right. And it's sort of a chilling scene that she painted. Um, of course, Ratner and Simmons, uh, as I mentioned, have denied these allegations. Um, Brett Ratner is an interesting figure in Hollywood because he surrounded himself with many uh, powerful and high-profile men. Uh, in many cases, these were older men that were like father figures to him. Russell Simmons is one of those people. Uh, James Toback, a film director accused of sexual misconduct, is another one of uh, Brett Ratner's uh, friends and mentors. So uh, our story looked at this world that these men were in, some women said there was a culture of enabling in this world. You well, yeah, it certainly sounds like there has been. Now, Ratner's had some other accusations before this one, right? Am I right? That's right. That's right. Uh, my colleagues and I did a story uh, at the beginning of the month that um, had six women in it, women in it who accused Ratner of a range of sexual misconduct, uh, including harassment to um, forced sex acts. And um, uh, there were some very high-profile actresses who were making those allegations, among them Olivia Munn uh, and actress Natasha Henstridge. Uh, Ratner denied those claims in that story. Uh, but uh, since that story broke, uh, we've been continuing to report on Ratner, uh, who uh, has had some um, issues with Warner Brothers, the company where he's done a lot of business, Warner Brothers. Uh, opted to not renew its production deal with Ratner. So things are certainly changing for him in the Hollywood landscape. So how are you as a reporter, how are you looking at these stories now? I mean, we went we went from, uh, you know, just a couple of weeks ago, from an era where if a woman contacted a newspaper or a TV station or whatever and said these things, people just went, uh, what are you going to do? She could be crazy and ignored them. To now everything makes it to print and everybody believes it. What? How are you handling this as a reporter? Well, I would say as a reporter, just to, to sort of offer my perspective, uh, it, it, from my perspective, it's not true that everything makes it to print. We are pretty dogged, and uh, our reporting of these cases, we take them very seriously. Obviously, the accusations are serious. And um, you'll probably note in, in our coverage that we often have contemporaneous corroboration 
from uh, people who knew women at the time they were making allegations. Uh, we don't take this stuff lightly. And um, I think it's fair to say that, look, after the Harvey Weinstein uh, scandal upended Hollywood uh, back in early October, uh, the climate changed. Um, you know, after those first two reports by the New York Times and New Yorker magazine, which were incredible pieces of journalism, it, it, it's obvious that people felt empowered to come forward and talk about their experiences. And it's not just women, it's men as well. And the, the landscape is changing. And I think Hollywood continues to be on edge as a result. Well, I'm trying myself to figure out when I hear this stuff, how believable do I think this is? And uh, I've heard a couple of people throw out, one, the example you gave of, of are, are there people that say, yeah, they were telling us that at the time? You know, uh, uh, so, so you got that. And then also, like in the Roy Moore case, these women didn't know each other, and there's no, nobody has put them together in any way. It doesn't seem like they coordinated in any way that they've ever met each other. So that, that helps the believability of these stories, too, do you think? I think that's probably the case for some people. Uh, I would say this. Um, it's been an uncanny experience as a reporter because when you talk to these alleged victims of sexual uh, misconduct, um, it's clear that they don't know each other, and yet they are often telling stories that are so similar in terms of uh, the experiences they've had with with men in the entertainment industry. So even though they um, are not in contact with each other or are not necessarily friends or anything like that, uh, this pattern sometimes begins to emerge as you report out these cases. Daniel Miller of the L.A. Times is online. Daniel, you're talking about how carefully you vet these stories before they go to print. This is talk radio. Are there any wildly irresponsible allegations <laughs> that you'd like to air? No, don't don't even answer that. Um, listen, on a more serious note, um, Russell Simmons is denying uh, the charges in your story, and he'd better because what is described in your story is forcible rape. I mean, the one thing we don't we don't particularly love the the term sexual assault around here, um, because it can be anything from an unwanted brushing of the back of a hand against a breast to forcible rape, and and they're very different things. Uh, but this is ugly stuff you're talking about. That's right. The allegations against uh, Russell Simmons are quite serious, and he strongly, strongly denied them. And uh, as our story notes. Uh, he provided uh, the statement of uh, a witness, uh, a former assistant, who essentially denied the allegations uh, as well. And he provided uh, the statements of two anonymous people uh, also essentially denying the allegations. So he is taking it seriously um, as, and I'm, as reporters. And I'm sorry, remind me, what time period are we talking about? So the one incident that I that we've uh, been speaking about today is a, an incident involving a 17-year-old fashion model at the time in 1991 named Carrie Clausen Okay. Uh, and and that's what uh, he's responding to with these forceful denials. Our story also includes a, a, another incident involving Brett Ratner uh, allegedly forcing a woman to perform a sex act on him, and uh, in the context of this woman's encounter with. Uh, Brett Ratner, she claims that she had a conversation with Russell Simmons at the same time, and he made a, a lewd comment to her. Mm. He says that he cannot recall this interaction with this woman and that it happened many years ago. Yeah. Daniel Miller of the L.A. Times. Uh, Daniel, we sure appreciate the time. Uh, some solid stuff. Oh, Jack, I, I, I actually more. do have one more question. Do you, do you have a concern that there's going to be a fairly high-profile story come out sometime in the near future where it turns out the woman is making it up? Because we're... 
it seems like the pendulum has swung so far the other direction. Or do you think uh, most legitimate journalists are doing a real good job? Oh, I think that legitimate journalists are doing uh, a good job. There's some incredible work that's coming out, whether it's at newspapers or magazines or online or uh, on radio or TV, to to look into this issue and handle it with great care. Um, you know, certainly uh, what you suggest is a worry for some, but, you know, uh, obviously we, we take this seriously. Cool. Indeed. Daniel Miller of the Los Angeles Times. Daniel, thanks a million. Good to talk to you. Thanks for having me. You got it. Well done. Yeah, this is this is nasty stuff. And here. Russell Simmons is a really big deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sean? Yes, yes, he yeah. is. Yeah. You're, you're into that kind yeah, of music? He, he is regarded as one of the kind of the Mount Rushmore faces of the, the like hip-hop and rap was created in his dorm room with like three other people oh, okay. and they created Def Jam Records and it all kind of sprung out from there. You know, I haven't read most of the the article. It's just, it's a culture of, I remember when I was a teenage lad, my dad was talking to me about women and how to treat women and the rest of it. And he talked about guys he knows and work with who use women and throw them away. Like, I can't remember what his metaphor was, but I'm sure it was uh, colorful. Um, and in reading this article, there's a culture of guys in Hollywood and just in general who who use women and throw them away. And, no, you and whether they say no or not doesn't really enter into it if they're so powerless, like a 17-year-old model, that you did, no just doesn't mean anything. No means, all right, I'm going to have to force her. I wouldn't get that sense from most hip-hop videos. Mm. That's sarcasm. That was clearly sarcasm. I know sarcasm when I hear it. My son was actually practicing his sarcasm over the weekend, my uh, second grader. Oh, he'd great. He'd say something. He'd say, that was sarcastic. Did it sound sarcastic or did it sound regular? Wow, I'd honing say, is sarcasm. I said, that sounded pretty sarcastic. But that other one, that sounded regular. Oh, okay. <laughs> wow. Sarcasm <laughs> lessons. Well, he's studying under the master, unfortunately. <laughs> as I have had many people say, you, everything you say sounds sarcastic. If you say, I love you, it sounds sarcastic. <laughs> oh, that's rough. I just, it's my tone of voice. Gotta work on that. Maybe uh, he needs to give you I? sincere listens. Do lessons. I? I said listens. <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> oh, you're a great radio personality. <laughs> so, uh, mm, okay, well, he he feels like the journalism's doing a pretty good job at the high levels. and Yeah, so I think far probably are. You're a responsible uh, publication, sure. Yeah. So far, there's none, none of these high profile that I don't think are going to turn out to be true. It's it's just so hard to say. I mean, it's the classic. It's a cliche, but he said, she said. To this seventeen-year-old gal, who's uh, there are three people in the room. She's accusing two of them of raping her, and they say, "No, we didn't." It's a tough one. Um, I, I haven't read this one, but a lot of the the accusers just I just I just listen to them talk or read the way they said it to the reporter, and it just sounds incredibly believable. Yeah, I mean, you'd have yeah. to be a particularly good fiction writer. To make it sound that realistic. You know what we really need to do as a society is get beyond the idiotic moment we've been in for quite some time where to counsel women, particularly young women, girls, teenage girls, to counsel them about keeping themselves safe is called, you know, victim blaming or slut shaming. Trying to explain to a young woman, don't get in that situation. Don't go two steps down that road because that road tends to be slippery. And before you know it, you're going to be in trouble. You're going to be in a situation you can't control anymore. The idea that, you know, you can, well, I don't want to get too far into it because I don't, I don't need the headaches. But I think it really helps 
especially as you're raising kids, to remember that we're animals, that homo sapiens are animals, and that if you send out various signals, they're designed over millions of years to provoke certain responses. And you can't pretend that isn't true. If you're if you look sexually provocative, you are going to provoke sexual feelings, including among scumbags, animals, people who can't control their urges, et cetera, et cetera. It's not a good idea. That's not slut shaming. That's not, oh, because a woman dresses a certain way, you can rape her. I mean, seriously, if you don't understand the, the middle ground I'm plying here, I'm not sure I could explain it to you if you gave me all day. Well, enough said. We're going to have, aren't we, at some point, another one of those deals like the Rolling Stones had, where it's just completely... The band? No, the magazine, when oh. they uh, brought down that fraternity and all those... Oh, right. And it turned out to just be completely phony. Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah, it's practically inevitable, because this stuff is hot. But, you know, for now... I mean, this gal, if you read this L.A. Times piece, and we'll have a link to it at armstrongandgettyradio.com, these guys need to get brought down. So, so far, so good. Full-on rapists. Yes. That's unbelievable. Yeah. Not posing for a not-funny picture with your hands over her chest. Full-on raping somebody. God, that's amazing. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Prison recidivism rates in oh the pre-depression southern Midwest. And we're going to be talking about it for a very, very long time. Here we go. Here we go. Harry Potter and the half-hour lecture. Oh, 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 I'm sorry. Another judgment passed down from CBS's old, old Sheldon. All right, this is not... Oh, you, you are a boor. You're a boor, Don't turn. Guys, don't, don't stop. Don't you talk to me. That's not a word. I did not raise either of you to act this way. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Old, old Sheldon. <laughs> Another half-hour lecture from Harry Potter. That's pretty funny stuff. That, of course, is uh, Stephen Colbert and John Oliver making fun of each other at an event over the weekend. Raising money for uh, autism yeah. research and that sort of thing. Good for them. I wish I, I heard some things lately John Stewart said about comedy and partisanship that I thought were absolute horse crap. Really annoyed me. I wanted to grab him by his little shirt and shake him, but eh, that was funny. I wish I were speed liner. Take two. Can I try speaking of words that aren't? I wish I were speed learner Max Deutsch. I'll tell you about Max Deutsch coming up. Really, a speed learner. Mm. Fascinating story. 
Lives in San Francisco. Can you learn how to be a speed learner? Slowly. I don't think you can. I think you got to be born with his brain. Right. Yeah, exactly. But uh, stay tuned. Did you see uh, that story about that child prodigy uh, musician gal on 60 Minutes a couple yeah, weeks ago? Yeah, it's an incredible that they haven't yeah. unlocked that. Yeah. I wonder if someday they will be able to unlock the human brain to be able to do that. Every, every You know, the, the random kid like that one who has that kink to where you can just learn anything about music or anything about language or anything about mathematics or whatever. And if they could do that for everybody, of course, would we all go crazy <laughs> if we could learn everything easily as, a, as an eight-year-old? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But the brain know. is capable of doing that, obviously. Some brains are. Well, maybe all brains are if you just mm, get them. Nah. <laughs> nah. I'm going to introduce you to some of my friends. <laughs> well, you spend an hour with these brains, you'll know it's not true. <laughs> So you want to unlock the brain. I just wanted to unlock my back gate. I had a uh, a padlock go bad on me. Combination lock? Mm. It just broke. It wouldn't work anymore. And I have some uh, bolt cutter thingies. They're not the super big ones. They're just medium-sized. And, you know, I'm a reasonably fit and athletic uh, man of uh, years. Uh, I cut that puppy off in about 20 seconds. It's always disappointing. I have giant bolt cutters, and it just... It is. Oh, if you had a big one, please. It's like eff- butter. It's effortless. It yeah. makes you wonder why you even put it on there. You're keeping away people who don't have bolt cutters. Well, right, yeah, <laughs> and children what or whatever, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. locks aren't designed to stop criminals. They're designed to keep honest people honest. But, man, it's not even, it doesn't even require effort. Or, or to make people produce bolt cutters. You see somebody with bolt cutters next to a rack of bikes, you don't wonder what you're, they're doing. You know. Mm, so, one. yeah, that's that's all you're doing. You're trying to make them make a little more noise and a little more time. But anyway, yeah, I was disappointed by that. But uh, part of it, I, I was looking at the gates and the fence and the rest of it because we're I'm dangerously close to, to getting a dog. A dog! A dog. Man's best friend. Yes, that's what they say. <laughs> Down, girl. Um, I have like nine. You want a couple? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, thank you. But I just, I want, I, I'm, I want to make sure I'm 100% committed because I know, I know I've had dogs. I know what the commitment is and, and how it changes various aspects of, uh, you know, your life and your flexibility to do this, that, and the other. There, and I've, I've been footloose and fancy free now for a little while, and I just want to be sure, but... Man, I was getting, I surprised myself. I was getting all emotional about it over the weekend, thinking about Onyx and, and how much I miss him and what it'd be like to have a, a new doggy buddy and the rest of it. And mm. Plus, my daughter's constantly lobbying. Picture Not him for her because she doesn't live with me anymore. She just wants me to have a dog. Picture him chewing up your sprinkler system and then oh. see if you feel the same way. <laughs> then you're ready. Unrelated story to that, I'm always telling my friends to get a boat. I think all my friends should have a boat. <laughs> yes. That's good. That's a, right. Yeah. Chewing up the sprinkler system. God, it's so screwed up already. That wouldn't be that big a deal. I could live with that. We're digging up your whatever. Now, have you started picturing the breeds? Do you have a range of sort of dogs that you're looking at? Or are you, you going to yeah. go puppy? No. I don't blame you. I'm going to adopt a, a, a like a shelter dog. Um. And uh, I actually like training dogs, so it's fun for me. I love it. Um, So, yeah, I don't, I just, I have to make 100% sure. But, oh, man, I was just picturing, you know, my doggy buddy walking along, taking walks, Mm -hmm. fetching the ball, sitting with me as I watch the news. Me thinking, God, the world is miserable. Leaving Leaving a load on your white carpet. Just to remind me that... Not all of life is white carpet.
There are loads. <laughs> Into each life a little load must fall. Wow. As the poet said. But in, so I'm sitting there watching the news as I do every single day. And I'm thinking, God, I hate, I hate homo sapiens. The world is miserable. And I look, there's my doggy buddy. I'd be happier. That's, that's Delaney. She says, Dad, I see with dogs you're happy. Dogs make you happy. Mm. You will be happier if you have a dog. I got yeah, some dogs. well, you mind your place, girly, is what I say to her. I got a number of dogs. Some of the dogs make me happier. Some of the dogs make me less happy. Mm. So it depends. Mm. Like, my, our pug makes me happy, mostly. Pugsley McPugface? Yeah. Until his eyes pop out. That's going to be hard to look at. Oh, God, put him back in. Put him back in. I'll tell you what, I've always been a big dog person, but having that little dog that you just you just pick it up. If it's causing <laughs> you any problems, you just right. okay, go over here. I was always a big dog guy, too, until, uh, remember Alan we used to work with? Well, of course, I know you do. But he had a little dog named Princess, which is a hell of a thing for a grown man. Um, I remember that. But what was that? Was that what kind of dog was that? That wasn't a Pekingese, was it? Rottweiler. No, no, it was a fuzzy little dog. Mm. That thing was the sweetest thing ever, and I thought eh, I could have a little dog. Yeah, a little, but no, like probably, a Pomeranian. I think it might have been actually. It might actually little, have been that little fuzz. I think thing. it was a Pomeranian. Yeah. A Pomeranian. Bingo. If, yeah. if, if the dog's named Princess, eighty percent chance it's a Pomeranian. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't. You know, I don't. I don't care if you're Richard Simmons. You shouldn't have a dog named Princess as nah. a grown man. But um, Pugsito is cute. We really like him. Is that uh, what you call him? That's what he's become. Pugsito. They like that song, and it just kind of happened. <laughs> How about Pugaron? 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 <laughs> uh, I, I will just tell you this, Sean. Boy, I, uh, I've, I've been a Labrador Retriever guy since my childhood, so... Uh, there's a very good chance I'll swing that way. Mm. I just I know how their minds work and I'm comfortable with them and, and the rest of it. So I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It's a commitment. It is a commitment. My my parents. Uh, my dad says that he's going to get a dog when he's like no longer traveling or doing anything. So the period between kids leaving home, which has now been many years, mm-hmm. and to get a dog has been quite a long period of not being tied down, so they can pick up and go anywhere they want, anytime they want. Yeah. How about a nice dog sitter, though? Yeah, the house sitter yeah, slash sure. dog sitter. Yeah, we do that you all the time. stay in my house. I don't care. Steal my stuff. Just leave a guitar or two. Yeah, we do that all the time. I'll watch your dog, Joe. My well, wife yeah. did get her yeah, earrings. Like my right. wife got her earrings stolen once, but that's fine. Oh, boy. What are you going to do? That's not fine. Can't prove it. So what are you going to do? Nothing. You're just going to be stolen from. I should have been more careful on who I chose. Yeah. Yeah, true that. Let some rando into your house from Craigslist. Not a good idea. The dog was fine. The human, awful. Mm. Once again. Is it going to sleep in bed with you? No. No. Will it sit on the couch with you? Uh, no. Will it have a seat at the table? No. Okay. It's a dog. Will it uh, ride in a car with you? A hundred percent, yes. Oh, we'll go for long trips together. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, well, what's the alternative? Make it run along beside me? Hurry up. It's got to go. Come on, we got like two and a half hours to go. We're getting well, on. I do. You've got like a day, judging by your foot speed. We're getting on the freeway. Yeah, you only have the on-ramp to build up the speed. That's right. Might, <laughs> might want to take a couple of laps from the water bowl. Uh, yeah, of course. Yeah, he'll have it hanging his head out the window and the rest of it. You will get, between now and tomorrow morning, a thousand emails of people to have a dog for you or a rescue for you. Or oh, whatever. really? Oh, yeah. We've already gotten a hundred texts. Well, I, yeah, I have a rescue place I'm in touch with, but well, I appreciate the input. Mm-hmm. 
I don't know f- that I that's fine and and they may they get their dogs adopted pretty quickly so maybe I'll find it somewhere else. I don't think I'll ever reach the age where pump faking my dog will ever not make me smile. <laughs> oh, you're a cruel bastard. <laughs> they like it. <laughs> they like the old it. fake tennis ball. Well, where's the tennis ball now? <laughs> no. Nobody knows. She's <laughs> a wizard. It's amazing. What's coming up in your news, Marsha Phillips? Well, I got to tell you, I don't think I've told this story on the air in years. I actually knew one of the people killed by Charles Manson's cult. No wow. kidding. We're going to get oh. into that. Trump's got a new crackdown on North Korea, and this Thanksgiving, all you need for dinner is a can of Pringles. I'll explain. Coming up minutes from now, Armstrong and Getty. I'm going to be disappointed if I sit down and there's just a can of Pringles. Am I? Am I stoned and friendless in this scenario? <laughs> Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. You ain't nothing but a Marshall Phillips has our news. Notorious cult leader Charles Manson is dead. The 83-year-old Manson died on Sunday night at a hospital in Bakersfield, California. Back in the summer of 1969, Manson had directed members of the cult. He called his family to kill actress Sharon Tate and six others. Now, one of those six others who got killed was a guy I knew named Jay Sebring. Jay Sebring at the time was the hairstylist for celebrities. When I was in high school trying to break into acting, I went to his Hollywood salon because that's where a bunch of my friends who were musicians said, that's where you go, get your hair cut there, it is really cool. And I did a bunch of times, and one of those times, Sebring actually cut my hair. And this was at a time when barbers would charge maybe a buck or two to cut a uh, guy's hair. Sebring charged $50 and up. Holy cow. His Did hair. your hair look pretty good after oh, you were done? Oh, it looked great. Huh? I, I should bring in some pictures. I do have I do have the mini bouffant uh, that was awesome. favorite oh, during We'd the like day. to see yeah. that. Anyway, his clients included Warren Beatty, uh, Steve McQueen. He flew to Vegas every three weeks to cut the hair of Frank Sinatra and Sammy Davis Jr. Wow. Kirk Douglas requested that he do the hairstyling for the movie Spartacus, and he later designed the door's Jim Morrison's free-flowing hairstyle. That was some good hire. And yeah. Charles Manson killed him for some reason. Yeah, he or was, had well, his people kill him. He was with uh, Sharon Tate. They were all partying uh, together, and everybody in the house got wiped out. So anyway, uh, again, uh, you know, he cut my hair once, and I, I knew him a little bit. But he, a good guy. Uh, he was 36 years old, and he had already built up an empire. And the theme of the day has been, how does God allow Charles Manson to live into his 80s and, you know... Your friend from high school gets cancer and yeah. dies when he's 28. You right, know. right. Hard to figure out. All right, another story. President Trump just moments ago at the White House. Today, the United States is designating North Korea as a state sponsor of terrorism. Yes! Trump Should have happened a long time ago. Should have happened years ago. I don't understand the uh, what's going on here. Is it a legal designation that matters? Why Why weren't they already? Uh, they, uh, they were dropped back in, I think... 2006 when they were going back and forth trying to get them to stop their new uh, program. Gotcha. We used it as a, a negotiating carrot. tool. Yeah. yeah. Which yeah. obviously didn't do do anything. Right. Enough carrots back to the stick. Yeah. Trump says the designation will impose further penalties on that country. 
North Korea is joining Iran, Sudan, and Syria on the U.S. list of state sponsors of terrorism. WAPO with a long piece interviewing a bunch of uh, defectors over the weekend. Really interesting. One, you know, one of the more interesting cases in there was a. Uh, here's a story right here. It's a soldier yep. from the North Korean army. Um, did I say Vietnam? Anyway, North Korean army. Right. Um, and this guy was weak. Underfed, wormy, yep. and this is you know theoretically the army, the the armed forces get all the the good stuff and mm-hmm. the rest of it. No, this guy was falling apart, right? And it's so they're yeah they're struggling. He, yeah, yeah, he tried he tried to dash across the border into South Korea and they shot him down. Right. Yeah. Well, and the other aspect of it that I found really interesting was that when little fathead took power, there was a great deal of optimism that the, because he was so young, he'd traveled, he was educated outside North Korea, that there would be an opening up, there would be an increase right. in freedoms, an increase in interaction with the outside world. And there's not been. In fact, there's been a clamping down. Meanwhile, because of the Internet and a little freeing up of commerce and the rest of it, people have more and more awareness of the outside world. So the, you know, the feeling you got from the defectors is that dissatisfaction is growing in a big hurry there. Yeah. And, you know, there's only one thing you can do as a dictator, and that's to clamp down even further. So where that goes, nobody knows. Turns out Pringles is going where no chips have gone before. The makers of Pringles have created an entire Thanksgiving meal of stackable potato chips this year. USA Today reports the company has got new Thanksgiving dinner chips with eight flavors, including turkey, mashed potatoes, stuffing, cranberry sauce, creamed corn, green bean casserole, mac and cheese, and pumpkin pie. Cream corn flavored Pringles. (laughs) (laughs) The chips don't come apparently in the usual Pringles can. These chips come in a TV dinner style tray with separate sections for the different flavored chips. That is funny. I am going to see if I can buy some of those. Sounds most interesting. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the voice of the West. Good publicity for that, Mr. Pringle. Yeah, normally we sell ads, Marshall. (laughs) A Pringle in a while. Decent, decent chip. Ah, uh, it's unique. Yeah, yeah. Shelf life of probably fifteen years. So this guy, um, he's a super quick learner. He's got a weird brain, and he set himself out twelve goals for the year that most of us couldn't accomplish in a lifetime. He was going to try to do one a month. Wow. Learn Hebrew, how to do a backflip. What else? How to play the guitar. Do 10 push-ups. How to beat the world champion at chess. All of those he took on in one year. Mm. Stay tuned. It's a pretty interesting story on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Everybody's known him his whole life. Says so just he's just he's just got a ridiculous brain for whatever reason. He's got ability to learn stuff really really fast. Always has mm. since he was a little kid. Mm. 
talking about oncology. Uh, they heard some music coming out of a room, and they went in there, and it was uh, some people from India playing a sitar, and Max sat down with him in 15 minutes. He was playing the sitar with him. He just, wow. That's just the way his brain wow. works. Wow. And so he um, he decided to uh, challenge himself to uh, a whole bunch of tasks over a year, and he was going to do one a month. And he uh, he accomplished the first 11, and we'll tell you about the 12th in a second, but he memorized the order of a deck of cards in less than two minutes. He worked on m- memory tricks and things to improve your memory. He was able to memorize the order of a deck of cards in less than two minutes. D- m- took uh, art lessons until he could draw a realistic self-portrait within a month. Uh, solve a Rubik's Cube in under 20 seconds, having never tried it before. Land a standing backflip. He worked with gymnasts and stuff. Please, I'd be in a chair. Play, I'd be in a wheelchair. Play an improv- improvisational blues guitar solo. Um, hold a 30-minute conversation in Hebrew on the future of technology. What? He learned that in a month. Build a self-driving car. Develop perfect pitch, which he did in a month. Able to identify 20 wait, random... Wait, 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 wait. Did you just gloss over build a self-driving car? Yeah. Uh, he's a tech guy, so that one is less surprising to me, reading a little bit about his background. But okay. Develop perfect pitch and the ability to identify 20 random musical notes in a row. Can you develop that? I always thought he that did. was something you are born with. Finish a Saturday New York Times crossword puzzle in one sitting. I don't know how you'd do that. Um, no, that's not that hard. I mean... Have you ever done well, the New well, York Times a, crossword puzzle? It, uh, it's, but it's pretty uh, hard. Well, still, design a self-driving car, finish a crossword puzzle. Seriously? <laughs> It's the world's hardest crossword puzzle. Oh, it's hard as hell, but it's no, you know, driving car. Half-hour conversation about tech in Hebrew? Complete one continuous set of 40 pull-ups. That'd just be exercise, wouldn't it? Yeah, well, that and the backflip one don't seem to have much to do with, like, the learning of the brain sort of thing. That well, just even seems... the backflip one, I mean, that there's a lot of neurological stuff going on there. The pull-ups is just brute force, isn't Continuously it? Continuously freestyle rap for three minutes. I think I could do that right now. It might not be good. Does it have to be a certain level of good? Uh, yes, there is. Uh, yeah. We're yeah, almost done with the standard. show, and then we're going to go home, and I'll have to clean up from breakfast because my wife left it on the table. But then I'll walk into the garage, and I'll start working on that. Throw in a rhyme if you're able. <laughs> do I have to? But anyway, his goal for October was to defeat the world champion in chess. The current world champion is the coolest name in the history of chess, Magnus Carlsen. Hmm. who is the highest score any chess master has ever had. So he's the world's greatest chess player of all time, this Magnus Carlsen, and he agreed to play this dude in a game of chess. And of the 12 goals he set out for him, this is the only one he was not able to accomplish, but he did last uh, almost 70 moves, almost 80 moves with the dude. Wow. Before he was defeated, studying chess for a month. Wow. And says that he was, uh, uh, while he wished he would have won, he was thrilled with everything he learned from the process about learning He's trying to learn about brain hacks, how the brain learns, and try yeah. to pick up some stuff that it can can apply to other people. Wow. Well, a, a guy with that aptitude and that interest, yeah, he could be really useful to neurological science, you would think. Yeah. Well, couldn't he say, oh, no, 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 here's how I connect it. And the scientists go, oh. Maybe, I don't know. Not or maybe. Yeah. Or he's got a one in a billion brain. I saw a book on the shelf uh, yesterday. I'm, I was tempted to grab it, but I didn't. Uh, one of the many books I have that I haven't read about the discovery of the human brain and that how that, I mean, and, and the fact that it is what it is and how that changed human history. What year I was, was that? I intrigued by that. Prior to that, they thought 1984. Was... <laughs> Prior to that, did they think it was all about the soul and everything? Um, Sure. I haven't read it. I told you that. I'm guessing that'd be the case. Here's our announcer. And now, 
final thoughts from Armstrong and Getty. <laughs> That voice amuses me. Thank you, 1940s character actor. <laughs> Joe Getty. Let's get a final thought from Marshall Phillips. Marshall. All right. I am going to go out and look for those Pringles Thanksgiving dinner in a can. I think that'd be fascinating. If I find it, I'll bring it in tomorrow. We'll all feast. Beautiful. Positive, Sean. Final thought? Yes, I need to go to a... Uh, I, I don't have a good funny way to say this. I'm trying to make a joke about how my hamstrings are so tight you can play them like a fiddle, but I, I failed. You're still sore? Yeah, I'm still very sore is the point because I played football over the weekend like an idiot. Will you ever do it again? Eh, probably in a couple weeks, yeah. Mm. Michelangelo, final thought. I wanted to take a picture of this for you guys, but on Friday I saw a homeless guy with his dog, and the dog was wearing sunglasses, a coat, and a derby hat. You got to do this with your new dog, Joe. Maybe the dog has a home. (laughs) Jack, final thought. Why are some people like this Max Deutsch person and some people like me? I'm not sure if I had an entire month I could figure out how to set up my phone on auto pay for the bill. Yeah. And give me a month, I couldn't do it. Your brain's candy coated. My final thought is that now that the three basketball players are out of China and saved from years in jail, LeVar Ball, the father of LiAngelo, is unaccepting of what I did for his son and that shoplifting is no big deal. I should have left him in jail! Wait, that isn't my final thought. That was a tweet from the president over the weekend that we really should have talked about today. Maybe we'll talk about it tomorrow. That is just, uh, well, it's so Donald Trump. Pretty funny. I just hope the two of them continue to go at each other. LeVar Ball, if you don't know his act, is an obnoxious prick. And uh, he and the president have at each other. Enjoy! Steve Kerr of the Golden State Warriors said that the media should ignore both of them. And they're back and forth. But He said you probably can't ignore the president, but you could uh, ignore this other guy if you want. Yes, yes. Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. So many people to thank. So little time. Go to armstrongandgettyradio.com. We have some great links there, the stories we talked about, the books, etc. Our contact info is there. We'd love to hear from you. If there's something we ought to be talking about, send it along. Two more days of this week for a lot of people. I'm already exhausted. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, we will see you tomorrow. God bless America. This is a historic act uh, of uh, devastating incompetence. I will not sugarcoat this. This is a disappointing day for us. Big mistake, but not too bad. The fun level in this room is at an 11 right now, and that brought it down. The ride is over! The time for the clowns and the acrobats and the dancing bears has passed. Get away from here. Get. Get. We apologize for our stupidity. And we really hope you forgive us for what we've done. Thank you, and good night. Because the show's over. What? Bye-bye. I don't even know what side I would be on if I had to pick. I mean, maybe I'm liberal because I do live in a gay neighborhood. But then, maybe I'm conservative because I never want to live in a black neighborhood again. Armstrong and Getty, the voice of the West.